Because see, we're in this series called Oomph, and, and uh, many of you know that. In fact, this is our very last week of the series Oomph, and I know that all of you know this, but just in case there's like a person in here that doesn't know, uh, Oomph actually stands for one of my followers, right? One of my followers. And uh, this, is, this is not new. You probably already knew that. You've probably seen this hashtag like tweeted and retweeted, and maybe you've tweeted it. Uh, what you may not know, what you may not know, is that this, this hashtag has been used over 200 million times. 200 million times people have used the hashtag oomph, and uh, that means today, if you tweeted out something about oomph, about one of your followers, you've joined more than 150,000 people just today that tweeted oomph. It's crazy. It's crazy. So this hashtag is incredibly popular. And as we've been thinking about this series and why on earth it's so popular, I have a guess. And I think this is the number one reason why it's so popular. It's because everyone follows someone, right? We've talked about this in week one. This is actually in your notes. You can go ahead and fill it out. That everyone follows someone, right? No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, if you've been to uh, M12 before or this is your very first time, everyone, everyone follows someone. And so even if you don't have an Instagram account, or even if you don't have a Twitter account, you follow someone. Like maybe for you, you follow a coach. Maybe you follow like your best friend. Maybe you follow your bae. Yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I know. Maybe, maybe some of you in the room follow your parents. Nah, I'm just kidding. No, none of you do that, right? That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Why would we ever do that? But I know this. Everyone, everyone follow someone. And you may not realize this, but your parents actually know that that's true. Your parents know that everyone follows someone, and that's why they're really concerned about the people that you're following. Um, in fact, I remember being a kid, and whenever my friends decided to do something, I would often follow them, right? I would often do exactly what they were doing. And so my parents got really concerned, and they used to say this phrase, and I don't know if your parents have ever said this, but they would always say this to me. They said, if all of your friends jumped off a bridge, would you right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. If, you're, if your name is Zach Ohouse, we know the answer to that is yes, right? Based on last week. Hey, how good was Zach Ohouse last week? Come on, give it up. That's right. Zach, Zach killed it, man. He really did. So proud. So proud of him. Um, he did so good. But see, what my parents knew and what your parents probably know is that, is that you follow someone, right? By the way, this question is to me kind of silly. Like, this is the most depressing question you could ever ask anyone, right? Like, hey, if all of your friends got together and jumped to their death, what would you do, right? Come on, mom. That's insensitive of you. How could you ask me that question? right? Uh, I'm really sarcastic. So anyways, um, so, but the point in this is you follow someone. Everyone follows someone. And your parents, your parents know this. In fact, like following is such a universal language. It's a, it's a language that we all speak. We all know what it means to follow, that they've even invented kids games all about following. In fact, when I was like way younger, we used to play this game. Uh, the game was called follow the leader, follow the leader. Has anyone ever played that game before? Follow the leader. Um, yeah, that's right. So here's, in case you don't know how to play, I'm going to kind of catch you up to speed. The whole idea is there's this one person and they're the leader. And then your job is to do exactly what they did. They're going to do something. You have to mimic it exactly. And if you don't, then you're out. Okay. So your leader does something and then you got to do exactly what they did. And if you don't do exactly what they did, then you're out. So if your leader jumps and you don't jump, then you're out of the game. 
You can't follow anymore, right? That's, that's, how, that's how follow the leader works. So if you clap, but your leader doesn't clap, then you're out because your leader didn't clap. So you got to do exactly what your leader does. And if your leader jumps, you got to make sure you jump. Otherwise, you're out. You're out of the game. You are, you are discontinued from following. You can't follow ever again. And, and, and see, even Jesus, even Jesus knew just how powerful following was. And that's why when he was like gathering up all of his early disciples, he was gathering up the people that would eventually be known as Christians. He, he invited them to join him by using two incredibly powerful words. He said this, he said, follow me. That's what Jesus said to invite people in. He said, follow, follow me. And so I think that for many of you in the room, because we have this idea of what it means to follow Maybe if you're a Christian or you follow after Jesus, maybe you think being a Christian is all about playing follow the leader with Jesus, right? That if Jesus jumps, I got to make sure I jump because if I don't jump, then I'm out, right? If Jesus tells me to do something, if he does something, then I better make sure I do it. Otherwise, I'm disqualified. I can't follow anymore. So, so if, if you cuss, but Jesus didn't cuss, well, then you're out. You're out because Jesus didn't do that. And you're supposed to play follow the leader. You can't play anymore. Hey, I mean, I mean, did you see Jesus forgives people? Look, if Jesus forgave people, why can't you forgive people? You're out. You're out. Jesus said, Jesus said to love your neighbor. He didn't say make love to your neighbor, right? You're out of the game. You can't play anymore. You can't follow after Jesus because you're not doing, you're not doing exactly what Jesus, was that over the line? Did I cross the line? I'm sorry about that. I know. I did. I leaped over it. I'm a, yeah, yeah, I apologize. But the point is, we think, we think, we think that we're playing this big old game of follow the leader. And if I don't do exactly what Jesus did, then I'm out. Then I'm out. In fact, some of you, if we can kind of use like the Twitter language, some of you might feel like you're blocked by God, Right? that you can't follow him anymore, that because of what you've done, you can't follow. By the way, this actually, this actually is um, from one of, our, one of our accounts. One of our students actually blocked us from following. I know, they don't, they don't want us to follow anymore. Yeah, by the way, if you're wondering, is that me? Well, if you're blocking us, then yes, it is you, okay? So don't block us anymore. Don't block, by the way, I can see your tweets anyway, so it's fine. But, but you think, you may think that because you've messed up, because there was this, this time in your life where you, where you did something that you regretted, that now you're disqualified from following Jesus. And so, the question for tonight is simple. It's this. What do you do when what you've done keeps you from following? What do you do? What do you do when what you've done keeps you from following? That maybe you're looking at your life and you're like, man, I want to follow after Jesus, but after I did that, if we're playing this big game of follow the leader, then I'm out. And I can't follow him anymore. I feel, I feel like I've been blocked by God. I can't follow. I wish I could, but I messed up too big. So what do you do? What do you do when what you've done keeps you from following? And so, and so what I want to do tonight to answer this question is I want to look at the story of a guy named Simon Peter. Simon Peter was someone that felt like he was blocked by God. And in just a little bit, we're going to find out why. He felt that way. So do this. Go ahead, grab your Bibles. They should be in your laps or they're down here if you don't already have one. We're going to look at John chapter 21. John chapter 21. And this is on page 1000, 
1,088. 1,088, John chapter 21. But before we actually get there, so we are going to go there, but before we get there, I want to give you just a little bit of background about who Simon Peter was. See, Simon Peter was an early follower of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And like many of the other disciples, when Jesus first invited him in, what he said was, follow me, follow me right? In fact, this is, this is the first interaction that Jesus ever had with Peter. Um, Jesus was planning on like giving this sermon and he wanted as many people to hear it as possible. Um, but uh, he, he, his voice didn't quite project. And so he thought, he thought, what if I get in a boat and if I kind of like push out from the shore a little bit, then my voice will actually echo off the waters. And if my voice echoes off the waters, then everyone will be able to hear it. And so he found a random guy in a random boat and said, hey, do you, mind if I, do you mind if I jump in real quick and we kind of sail out so I can give this sermon? And that's exactly what he did. And the random guy that was in that boat was Simon Peter. And that's how they met. And so our story picks up actually in Luke chapter five, verse four, it says this, when he had finished speaking, so Jesus just finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, here's the deal. Um, Simon Peter was a fisherman. That meant his full-time job was to fish. He knew fishing like the back of his hand. He was all about fishing. Jesus, on the other hand, was a rabbi. So he was a teacher. He taught people things. He wasn't a fisherman. And so here's this rabbi that just finished giving this sermon, talking to a fisherman about how to fish. And so as you can imagine, Peter's like, "Ah, Jesus, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And so this is what he says in the next verse. Verse five, Simon answered, master, okay, let me, let me explain this to you. Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. In other words, been there, done that. We've tried it. Jesus, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But, but because you said so, I will let down the nets. Might as well give it a shot and see what happens. And then this is what happens next. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. (laughs) I mean, just imagine Peter is like chilling in the boat. Some random stranger is like, can I borrow your boat for a second? I need to speak to people. After he's done speaking, he then goes up to this guy and he says, hey, real quick, just let down the nets. I think you're going to catch some stuff. And of course, you know, if you're Peter, you're a fisherman, you know that's not going to happen. And then you catch so many fish that your nets begin to break. It's a miracle and you are overwhelmed and so is Peter. And so this is what he says in uh, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, right, he's seen this miraculous catch of fish. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. In other words, you're obviously special. Jesus, you're obviously from God, and I don't deserve to even have you in this boat. I'm amazed by the fact that all these fish are now here. God, you need to just get away. I don't even deserve to be close to you. And then Jesus says this. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. In other words, you're used to like fishing for fish, you know, like you're looking for fish and you catch fish and fish follow you. And then Jesus says, but Peter, soon you're actually going to fish for people. If you follow me, people will follow you. And so this is how Peter responded. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. And they followed him. And some of you have been in that position, right? Maybe it was a, uh, maybe it was a night at M12. Maybe it was a Sunday morning. 
Maybe you were talking to your mom or talking to your dad, or maybe you were just like listening to a song in your room or you were reading scripture, but there was this moment where it felt like Jesus was in the boat right next to you and he did something incredible for you. Maybe he made you feel loved in a way that no one else had ever made you feel loved. Maybe he helped you out of a situation that you didn't think you could be helped out of. But now you feel like Jesus is in the boat and you're overwhelmed. And so you say, God, I'm going to leave everything. and I'm going to follow you. No matter what happens, I'm going to follow after you. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. If we're playing follow the leader, Jesus, if you jump, I'm going to say how high. I'm going to jump too. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. And that's exactly how Peter felt. In fact, Peter, listen to this. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. Jesus only had 12 of these close followers and Peter made the cut. Not only that, but Peter was actually in the inner inner circle. There are only three guys that Jesus trusted to be in the inner circle, and Peter was one of them. And he literally, get this, he literally, he left his family, he left his job, he left all the money he had, he left all of his comfort, and he said, I'm going to follow you. And God, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. And whatever you say, I'm going to listen. I'm going to follow after you. And some of you have been in that position. Maybe you've walked down front or maybe in the quietness of your own room, you said, God, I'm going to follow you. And maybe, maybe if you're like Peter, you've had that moment where you like want to remind God about just how committed you are as if he already doesn't know, right? And so like you want to remind him like, hey, I don't know if you just saw me do that, but I did that for you. I really love you. And so this was Peter's moment. This was like many years later, he's been following Jesus. And he said this, he said to Jesus, like Jesus forgot, he said, hey, we left all we had to follow you. Jesus, in case you don't remember, I'm committed to following you. I'm going to follow after you. No matter what happens, I want to follow you. And then there was even this moment where Jesus had gathered up his followers. And Jesus knew that his life on earth was coming to a close. And he knew that he was going to go to the cross and die for us. And you might remember this from the first week, but when Jesus called together his followers, he said, where I'm going, you can't follow. Like I'm getting ready to do something for you that no one has ever done before. Where I'm going, you can't follow. Well, Peter, as someone that's been following Jesus since they first met in the boat, he was upset about that. So this is actually what Peter did. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? He's saying, Jesus, that's not fair. I want to follow you. And then he goes as far as to say this. He says, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And maybe in moments of like really intense worship, when you're singing that song you love, when it like connects with your heart, maybe you've thought it or maybe you've even said it out loud or you've said to God, God, I'm even willing to die for you. I'm so committed to you. I will follow you so closely that I'm willing to even lay down my life for you. Now, that's what Peter said. He said, God, I love you. I love you this much that I would even lay down my life for you. And then Jesus responds. And when he responds, he looks forward to the future and he sees a moment in Peter's life that Peter would soon regret. In fact, this would be the darkest moment in Peter's life. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me. Three times. Peter, I know, I know, I know that you love me and I know you say you're going to lay down my life, lay down your life for me. But what I'm telling you, Peter, is tonight you're actually going to disown me. You're going to pretend like you never followed me. And the sad reality is that's exactly what Peter did. 
It was a few hours later, and Jesus was actually led to be crucified. But before they crucified him, they wanted to torture him. And so they beat him to within an inch of his life. And Peter was watching as they started doing terrible things to Jesus. And he began to connect the dots and realize, I'm a follower of Jesus. And if they're doing that to my leader, I bet they're going to do that to his followers. And a person comes up to Peter and says, hey, 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 weren't you, weren't you with Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think I saw, like, like you're one of his followers, right? And then Peter, in this unthinkable moment, looks at the guy and says, no, that's not. No, that's not me. Jesus? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. And then, then a teenage girl, it's in scripture. It says a teenage girl comes up to Peter, right? So she's got her Ugg boots and she's got her like black leggings and her Starbucks in hand. And she's like, you were totally with Jesus. I saw you with, no, I know you're with Jesus. And then to a teenage girl, he says, I don't know what you No, you're crazy. It wasn't me. He was someone else. It wasn't me. And then finally, a third guy goes up to Peter and says, no, 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 no. I know you were with Jesus. I recognize your voice. You sound just like him. I know you're with Jesus. And then Peter says, look, I promise you. In fact, I swear to you, I don't even know who Jesus is. And if I'm lying, I want God to call down curses on me right now. And then as soon as he says that, he hears a rooster crow. And then... Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. That before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. And I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you've like wept bitterly. Where you've like done something that you would later regret. Maybe for you, you were like committed to following Jesus and like, you know, before you met Jesus, you were like partying and you were drinking and you knew you weren't supposed to and you knew your parents, you know, didn't want you to do that, but like that's what you were into. And then you started following Jesus and then you promised God, I'm never going to do that again. And then there was this moment where your friend invited you and then you did it again and you felt so bad and you went home and you started weeping bitterly, filled with regret. Filled with shame because the very thing you said you were never going to do again was the very thing that you just did. And just like Peter, you feel disqualified. You feel like I messed up too big. I can't follow Jesus anymore. I was following him. I was playing follow the leader and now I'm out because I didn't do what Jesus wanted me to do because I disowned him. I didn't just disown him once. I didn't just disown him twice. I disowned him three times. I messed up big and maybe you feel that way today. Maybe like you're here, but you're not really sure why you're here because you feel like you can't follow anymore because of what you've done and all the regret and all the shame and all the mistakes of your past are coming back to you and you just feel like, I can't even follow anymore. I had a moment like this when, when I was a sophomore in college. I, uh, man, I, I, you know, I, I accepted Christ when I was 12 years old. I was committed to following after him. I was, if, if we were playing a big game of follow the leader, I was still in. I, whatever Jesus wanted me to do, I did. Man, I raised my hands and worshiped. I was always at church. I was, I was volunteer. Like, I was in. I loved, loved Jesus, and I loved following him. And I was really connected to this, like, um, college ministry. And I was even in this, like, role of leadership. And then there was this moment where, um, like, the adults in leadership actually called me into their office. 
And they began to tell me all the things that I had done that I didn't realize I had done. Because see, sometimes I, uh, some of you know this, I can be a little sarcastic. And uh, sometimes it's funny, but sometimes sarcasm hurts. And they began to tell me that the things I had said to people had been incredibly damaging. They told me there were girls that would leave that specific college ministry and would go home and cry because of the things that I said to them. They told me there were guys that didn't feel welcome because of the things I said to them. They told me there were people that, like, that, that, that were committed to Jesus, but then I began talking to them. And then not only did they no longer go to that ministry, but they actually started leaving God because of me. And it was, you know, I, I, I held it together pretty good while I was in the room and, and these guys were telling me all the stuff I'd done wrong. But then I went back to the apartment I was living in and I just wept bitterly. Because <laughs> people, people were no longer a part of the community because of me, because I had messed up. People were no longer following Jesus because of me. If this was a game of follow the leader, I was very clearly out. I was not doing the things that Jesus wanted me to do. And on top of all that, I started thinking about all the other things I wasn't doing right. I started thinking about the fact that like I struggled with lust and it seems like I could never get that under control. And, 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 and so now I'm being reminded of all that stuff that I've done. I'm reminded of all the times that I lied in the past and I start piling on all the things that I had done that disqualified me from following Jesus ever again. In fact, it was, it was around the time where like it, 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 was, it was time for those of us that wanted to be in leadership for the next year to actually apply for leadership. And part of what they wanted us to do was actually write a document of all the reasons we felt qualified to lead. <laughs> well, when that happened, I decided to open up my computer and write a document. But it wasn't about all of the reasons that I should be in leadership. This was, this was the name of the document that I wrote. 10 Reasons I Suck. And uh, I know that's kind of offensive, and I apologize, but that's what I called it. And that's what it said in big, bold letters at the top of the page. And then I started listing out all the reasons why I was disqualified from following Jesus. All the people that I'd hurt, all the people that I kept from following Jesus, all the people that I'd made cry, all of my bad decisions, all of my regrets, and just one thing after another after another. And I'm just kind of like sitting in my own sorrow, feeling like I can't follow anymore. And man, I bet, I bet that's exactly how Peter felt, you know, like he just, he just disowned Jesus three times, the guy that he committed to following. And then when Jesus was in his weakest moment, he couldn't even say that he knew Jesus. He disowned him. And so then like three days later, three days after that incident, Peter hears news that Jesus is alive which as you can imagine, there's this like mix of emotion of like, man, on the one hand, I'm really excited because the master that I committed my life to is alive. That's incredible. But on the other hand, all of that regret is coming back because now I realize I didn't just disown a person. I disowned the son of God. And all that regret is piling up. And so this is how Peter responds. And this is where you turn to John chapter 21, verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. Which, by the way, um, that's what he did before he met Jesus, right? Remember, he was in his boat, he was fishing, and then he met Jesus, and his life was turned around, and now it seems like at the end, he's just going back to fish. Because he's messed up, and he's disqualified from following Jesus. That's how he feels. And some of you in the room, man, you had that moment where you were following after Jesus, but then you messed up, so now you've gone back to fishing, 
<laughs> You've gone back to your way of life before you met Jesus because you're thinking, why bother? I don't deserve to follow Jesus. I'm disqualified. If it's a game of follow the leader, I'm out. And so he went back to fish. And so they said, all right, we'll go with you. And so they went out, got into the boat, and they caught nothing. And I think that is so significant because sometimes we try to go back to our way of life from before we met Jesus and you don't catch anything, right? Like you're hoping to catch joy. You don't catch any joy. You're hoping to catch fulfillment. You don't catch a bit of it. Instead, you go back to fishing and you find yourselves catching nothing. And then (laughs) Peter was out there and there's this guy on shore And he calls out to Peter, says, hey, hey, um, you should, you should put the nets in deeper water. Just try that. Put it, put out the nets in deeper water. And so Peter thinks, all right, we'll try it. And he puts out the nets and then when he pulls it back, there's so many fish that the nets begin to break. And Peter knows who it is on the shore. He knows it's Jesus. And so I don't know what he was thinking exactly. I'm sure he was overwhelmed with like the guilt and the shame of his, of his previous decision. Maybe he really wanted to apologize to Jesus. Maybe he was just excited that Jesus was alive. But it says he got so excited that he literally jumped out of the boat and he just started swimming to shore. He couldn't even paddle anymore. He said, I'm done. And so he starts swimming to shore to see Jesus. And then they begin to have a conversation. And in verse 15, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? (laughs) Not, hey, Simon, I don't know if you remember, but you disowned me three times, bro. You totally messed up. Simon, remember how like I was beaten within an inch of my life and you said you didn't even know me and that teenage girl asked you and you still said you didn't know me. You couldn't even stand up to her. But he doesn't say that, nor does he ask him the question, all right, Peter, do you promise from now on that you're going to play follow the leader and you're always going to do everything I tell you to do? Hey, do you promise from now on that you're never going to mess up again? Do you promise that you're not going to sin? Do you promise that you're never going to make a decision that you later regret? Do you promise to be perfect? He doesn't say any of that. He asks him a question. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Because, because listen, following Jesus is less about what you do and way more about who you love. Following Jesus is less about what you do or what you've done, and it's far more about who you love. God is concerned with your life, and he is concerned with what you do. But I'm telling you this, he is way more concerned with whether or not you are loving him. Following Jesus, less about what you do, less about your actions, less about making sure you're perfect, and more about loving Jesus. And that's why Jesus asked him this question. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And this is how Peter responds. Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And so then Jesus said, feed my lambs which seems a little strange that Jesus would say that. But many times before, Jesus referred to himself as a shepherd, someone that leads sheep. And now he was saying, okay, I want you 
to take care of these lambs. I want you to take care of the people that I love. But the conversation doesn't end there. So he says again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? And then Simon Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says again, take care of my sheep. And then the third time, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? It says Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He was hurt. See, Peter was upset because he didn't understand why Jesus was asking him three times the same question. What he didn't realize is that Jesus wanted to undo all the mistakes that Peter made. See, because Peter three times said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then Jesus comes to Peter and says, do you love me? Do you love me? you love me? Because he wanted to reconcile Peter, to forgive what Peter had done. So we asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then the very last words that, Peter, that, that Jesus said to Peter was, follow me. Peter, I know you felt like you were blocked by me. I know you felt disqualified from following me. I know you felt like it was a game of follow the leader and you'd messed up too big and you can't follow me anymore. But what Jesus said to Peter is the same thing he says to you. Follow me. I know, I know you feel like you've messed up, but you can still follow him. See, don't, don't let the faults of yesterday keep you from following today. Don't let the faults of yesterday keep you from following today. The decisions you made that you later regret, don't let them keep you from following Jesus today. They don't have to disqualify you. They don't have to take you out of the game. They don't have to keep you from following Jesus. The question that Jesus asked you is, do you love me? Follow me. He says, follow me. And so maybe for you, you've had that moment where like you were committed to following Jesus, but then you messed up and you felt like you couldn't follow him again. And I think if Jesus were to stand up here today, he would say, don't, please don't let the faults of yesterday keep you from following today. And so here's the question that I want to leave you with. How will you respond to Jesus saying, follow me? How will you respond when Jesus says to you, in spite of all that you've done, follow me? See, because I think, I think there's, there's three like main groups of people when we answer this question. I think you got your first group of people and it's, it's the group that like, you love Jesus. Yes, you do. You know, and like you had this moment maybe a year ago or two years ago or maybe like three months ago where you said yes to following Jesus and you accepted Jesus as your savior. And since then you've been following him and you're not perfect. You've messed up every now and then, but man, you love Jesus and you're following him. And so to you tonight was just a reminder that I'm going to continue following Jesus. That's, that's group number one. But then I think there's group number two. And it's some of you that Maybe a year ago, maybe at NTS camp, 
You had this moment where you felt like Jesus was in the boat with you and you were overwhelmed by his kindness and overwhelmed by his love and overwhelmed by his grace and you couldn't believe that Jesus would actually die for you in spite of all the stuff that you had done. And like Peter, you would say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give up my life for you. I'm gonna leave everything and I'm committed to you. And so you were so committed and you were so in tune with Jesus and you were doing everything that Jesus wanted you to do. And then you had this night or this moment where you messed up. You felt like Peter. You felt disqualified, like I can't follow him anymore. And so you went back to fishing and you've been fishing ever since. But you haven't caught anything. And all of the fulfillment that you hoped for, all of the joy that you had when you followed Jesus, you're not catching that anymore. Your nets are empty. You've got an empty boat and an empty life. And if you're in group number two, maybe tonight is the night that Jesus would say to you, you're not disqualified. You can still follow me. You can follow me. And then I think there's the third group. And it might be some of you in the room that you've never really followed after Jesus. You never really had that moment where it felt like Jesus was in the boat telling you that he loves you, like that never really happened for you. And you've got friends that love Jesus, but like that's just not really your thing. And then you're here tonight and you don't know why, but you're like, I want to follow Jesus. I love Jesus and and I've never done it before, but but I want to follow after Jesus. And maybe tonight's the night for you to say yes to Jesus. And so if you're in like the second group where you followed Jesus at one time, but then you've gone fishing and you've drifted since then, but you want to follow again, or you're in that third group, you've never followed Jesus, but tonight's the night that you want to make a, a line in the sand decision. And this moment is for you. And so here's what I would invite you to do. Um, right now, I would love for you to just like close your eyes and bow your head. And if you're in that second group or you're in that third group, I want to I lead you in a prayer. First, I want to talk to the third group of people. If you're in that third group and you've never said yes to following Jesus and tonight you want to follow Jesus, then, then I want you to just repeat this prayer in your head to God as I say it. God, I'm sorry And I know that I've messed up. I've made decisions that I regret. And I want you to know that I apologize to you. And I don't deserve to be forgiven. But I believe that because Jesus died on the cross for me, I can be forgiven. That he took the punishment I deserved so that I can be forgiven. And so now I commit to following you for the rest of my life. And everyone with your, with your head bow and your eyes closed, if that's you tonight and you just prayed that prayer to Jesus, would you just slip up your hand real quick?
I want to, um, thank you, you can put your hand down. I want to talk the, to the third group, everyone keeping your eyes closed. I'm sorry, to the second group. If, if, if you're that person that like maybe it was, maybe it was like six months ago or a year ago or two years ago, and you had this moment where you said, I'm going to follow after Jesus. I'm, I'm committed to following Jesus no matter what. But then you had that moment where you messed up and you regret it and you wish you'd never done that. And maybe since then you felt disqualified from following Jesus. And tonight's the night that you want to follow Jesus again. I want to lead you in a prayer as well. So would you, would you pray this with me if you're in group number two? God, you know that I love you. And I know that I've messed up. but I still love you and I want to continue following you. Thank you for forgiving me and for allowing me to follow you. I want you to know that I'm still committed to following you. And so if that's you tonight, everyone keeping your head bowed, if that's you and you're in that second group, Would you just slip up your hand real quick? Awesome. Awesome. God, I I thank you so much for these students. I thank you for the decisions they've made to trust you as their savior and to commit to follow you in spite of all the things that they've done. And I pray that tonight you would remind us that following you is far less about what we've done, and it's way more about how much we love you. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, here's what I would, here's what I would ask you to do real quick. Um, if you go ahead and stand up, we're going to sing one more song. And if, if you're in group number two or you're in group number three, and you raised your hand and you said, you know what, I, uh, I want to commit to following after Jesus then I want to invite you to do something real quick. If you're in group number two or group number three, we've got some tables in the back with these cards that we would love for you to fill out with just your name, the school you go to, and your phone number. And I'd invite you to go to the back and and check a box whether I'm in group number two or group number three. And I also want you to know that while the band is playing, your life group leaders are going to be in the back. And so if you need someone to talk to, I would love, love, love for you to talk to your life group leaders. They care about you so much. They don't want you going through this life alone. If tonight's the night that you made a decision and you committed to following Jesus, would you, would you talk with them? And so let's respond now as we commit to following Jesus for the rest of our lives. Let's worship.